What's up, Lions of Liberty fans? You can now support this show on Patreon and get exclusive access to bonus audio and video content, including Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, bonus segments with guests, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Felony Friday, a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday. Of course, a weekly show here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, where every week we focus on exposing injustice in the broken criminal justice system. I'm not going to go on a long intro diatribe here. I'm going to bring on my guest for this week because my guest is someone you all know and love, I think. Maybe you secretly hate him, but I know you love his anger, the anger that he brings to the table every Wednesday on Electric Liberty Land. His passion for liberty is, I don't know, it's uh, admirable, maybe? I think so. Um, Brian, Brian McWilliams, welcome back to Felony Friday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, my passion for liberty is only second my passion for using curse words, but I am going to try not to use curse words on this show because it is family friendly. And I know that uh, you want to make sure not to use that explicit mark when you're loading it into iTunes. So I'm going to be a good boy. People can listen to the cursing on my show. For this, I will retain some sort of uh, semblance of class. (laughs) I'll still get mad, though. That's true. But my daughter listens to this show, not every week, but uh, depending on who you know, the guest is and the content. But uh, right. I think this one should be uh, should be Ruby friendly. But also, I've had a bunch of listeners. I know uh, a Pride member, Lance Psycho. He listens often with his kids. So uh, teach Man, them life that's... lessons. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're learning a life lesson on my show, too, which is how to effectively use uh, words that are not acceptable in public or in polite company. That's true. Or, yeah, they learn how to use the F word appropriately. Yeah, exactly, because it is anytime that's you want lesson. to. Yeah. So this episode of Felony Friday is 156. So the show notes will be at lionsofliberty.com slash FF156. Be sure to subscribe to get all of our shows. Brian's show on Wednesday, Mark's show on Monday. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Well, I guess, it's, I guess it's called Apple Podcasts. I always say that wrong. Uh, Google Play or I don't know. People use all kinds of shit for podcasts. So just subscribe wherever you got your podcasts. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're going into 2019. This is one of our last podcasts in 2018. It's even weird to say 2019. But uh, any, so what are your thoughts? So as we come to a close here on just from a criminal justice perspective, you know, we talked about on Electric Electric Liberty Land on Wednesday about Donald Trump, um, well, about the Senate and the the House um, passing the new Criminal Justice Reform Act, the First Step Act. What are your thoughts on criminal justice reform? Do you think we're, are we making a lot of progress? Do you think we'll have legal weed soon nationwide? What's your prognostication? I think that by the end of Donald Trump's first term, I actually think that there is a 50% chance that we'll have legal weed throughout the United States. That's my opinion. And I, and I, and I think that in truth, I, it might even be better than that. Cause I think that we're finally seeing a lot of the walls fall down. A lot of the opposition fall down to that. Um, you know, dominoes are falling every day. We're seeing places like Colorado where you're not seeing any, uh, any more adoption by like the, you know, the kids they were always worried about. Oh, what about high schoolers? What about this and that? You're not seeing that those numbers skyrocket. So then everything is good to make an argument to keep that going. So I think we'll actually could see 
legalization of weed throughout the United States. Now, in regards to overall criminal justice reform, though, I mean, it's been in the two years Donald Trump's been in office, there have been some impressive strides made. You know, we're talking about uh, the the new bill that just passed addressing criminal justice reform, which needs to go farther. But that is still an amazing first step, considering that none of this was going on before. And not only that, but the fact that he's meeting with, you know, Kim Kardashian, you know, he's got Kanye West in the office and he's meeting, he's, he's taking the action. He's taking the initiative to meet with people, to, to pardon people that are undeservedly in prison and make a very public statement about that. Now, you know, the people that are more, uh, more inclined to hate Trump are going to say, oh, well, he's just pandering. You know, this is just him trying to cozy up to, uh, to black America by meeting with these people. But I believe he actually does care. And I, and what we're seeing is he's the first president to say, look, put this bill on my desk. I want to pass it. He got rid of Jeff Sessions, which is a great thing. Now, he may put Chris Christie in there, but you know, it looks like he's moving towards criminal justice reform, trying to crack down less on the drug war, and actually getting towards a reform society where we're not going to be seeing people thrown into cages for the rest of their lives over nonsense. Yeah, if, if he does put Chris Christie in there, oh my God, that would be terrible. Um, I haven't even been keeping track of like... Uh, the nominations or anything. I, I know the the current guy, the current guy is not good, the uh, interim uh, Whitaker, but at least he's sort of in a position where he can't do that much since he's just in an interim state. So that's always good when somebody is has uncertainty around their job in government. That's that's nice. Well, I think everybody's got uncertainty around their job in government when Trump's in control, right? Except Ben Carson. Ben Carson seems to be sticking it out, man. He's untouchable, Trump, that guy. It's because Trump forgot about him. He's, <laughs> who? Who are you talking I mean, about? Ben Carson? I haven't seen well, him in years. What? That's like I made the joke when Kanye went to the Oval Office. Kanye walked up to Trump, and Trump was like, Ben, good to see you. <laughs> Kanye's like, I ain't Ben Carson, man. Um Ben, you look so much younger. You look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ben Carson, I, I can't remember what Ben, ben Carson, I, I'm blanking on the story, but he did something fairly good recently. And I I'm, can't remember what it was. But uh, I also just am flabbergasted that there's schools in Detroit that had Ben Carson's name, you know, as a, a very impressive figure for black children to look up to. Mm-hmm. You know, the first guy to do open heart surgery, a groundbreaking achievement by a black man, you know, head of surgery, who's now working on a presidential cabinet. And they're like trying to take his name down off high schools to name it after Aretha Franklin, you know, because she was good at singing. It's just uh, ridiculous. Well, I mean, they could have Aretha Franklin high school too. That's great. I mean, she's a, she's a very influential and, uh, Powerful black woman, which she was. She passed away, unfortunately. A lot of great people passed away in 2018. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, taking Ben Carson's name off is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I mean, you talk about what you want. Hey, do you, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe people want their kid to be a famous singer more than they want to be a, a, a famous doctor. But I mean, it's probably more money in singing if you can make it. But I mean, come on. Probably. This yeah. guy is still an inspiration. It's probably more money in being a uh, a YouTube personality right now than being a doctor. A lot yeah, well, that's that's a fact, man. <laughs> Although they had that whole movement to try to uh, report people to the IRS for uh, for speaking of felonies, they're trying to report people as uh, you know felony tax evasion for that whole uh, what was it called? Oh, they're oh, going after like hot chicks, uh, hot yeah. chicks that were getting money through the internet. It's like what do they call the thoughts? thoughts. Um, that that hoe over there. That's what. Yeah, yeah that, you, that, that hoe right. over there. You don't know what thoughts stood for. I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. What I was talking about, like, I, I was talking on my show. And I had no idea what it said for. Well, what about you, man? What about what's your state of state of overall uh, justice reform and criminal justice in in 2018 going into 2019? 
Well, it's it's been it's been interesting to watch, especially during uh says <clears throat> I started Felony Friday when Obama was still in office, the podcast. Um and it was it was cool to cool to watch Obama make some progress. And then it was sort of assumed, you know, I have a lot of Facebook friends on my page who are very active in the criminal justice community. A lot of them have come on this show. And it was sort of assumed that nothing was going to happen with Trump. And everyone was just sort of hunkering down. Um, it wasn't like people were just giving up. Everybody was still working, you know, for um, working for progress, working for reform. But then all of a sudden, it was it really one of the things that triggered it was Kim Kardashian. I, I do think that wheels were in motion behind the scenes with Jared Kushner based on his past with his his, his father going to prison. But I didn't even really know that, about that. That Kim Kardashian thing happened, and it was it was funny looking at you'd look at a post about you know one of these criminal justice advocates would talk about Kim Kardashian either in a positive or negative light, and the comments would just explode. People trashing her, people saying, "Hey, she's doing what's best for you know she's helping the cause out," and then things just sort of migrated into, "Wow, this could actually work," and things it's gained steam, passing the First Step Act. I think 2019, 2020, and. You know, by the time I think Donald Trump will get a second term, you know, this is bold to say, but I think by the time Donald Trump is out of office, he will have reshaped the criminal justice system. Not him personally, but the president always gets credit for everything, right or wrong, mostly wrong. But he will be given credit for reshaping the criminal justice system into a it's not going to be perfect because it's government involved, but. Uh, it's less innocent people, less nonviolent people will be locked in cages at the end of the day. And that's a great thing. Yeah, hopefully, man. I mean, it's you know what I always wonder, though, is how far is this movement going to get until it starts to ram up against the whole uh, prisons for, pro- for profit schemes that go on and the fact that like California has to keep their prisons some like 95 percent filled or they pay people. They like pay for it. If, you're, if yeah. your prisons are too empty, you pay them for it. So it's like somebody's got to go in there. Well, I think it's 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 interesting. I'm not even sure if this is true or not, but I have I have a I could probably do research and find out. But I know a lot less money is obviously going towards um, fighting marijuana trafficking in the United States. A lot yeah. of cities and states have decriminalized. A lot of states have legalized rec- recreationally. So less money is going into that from the federal and the state level. But there's a lot more money going into fighting. Uh, prostitution, but they don't call it prostitution. They call it sex trafficking, even right, if yeah. it is just a case of prostitution. And I think that's because there, there's, there's some funding item there that there's you, it's easier to get money to fight sex tra- trafficking. Oh, totally. Because so, getting money to fight sex trafficking has money because you're, 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 when people hear sex trafficking, they think of little kids. That's right, it. right. It's so much easier to get money for anything involving kids. If you're just like, we want to have money to stop uh, guys from getting blowjobs from chicks that they uh, they meet on Craigslist. If you, if you visit it that way, we want to stop guys from going and having sex in cars uh, versus, hey, we want to stop innocent children from being forced to have sex with guys in cars. Which one's going to get more funny? Yeah. Well, and what they've done, though, is they've muddied the waters to the point, and we got to get into talking about some of this stuff. <laughs> We've got a bunch of yeah. stories to talk about, but just one more thing. They muddied the waters to the point where they're, when you lump everything together, you lump in the really horrible child sex traffickers with just people, um, women and men, who are just trying to make money with consensual agreements 
um, paying for sex. And yeah. they've muddied it all together and made the whole situation worse. And of course, the people that are uh, one last point of this is that the the one the not even one percent point zero 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 one percent of the transactions going on are sex trafficked are people that are doing it mm-hmm. uh, not of their own volition or that are underage or that were kidnapped and, and put into sex slavery, which, by the way, a lot of not defending this practice, by the way, but even this whole thing about, you know, they're sex slaves. They, this is a voluntary agreement they entered into in order to come to the country uh, as a trade-off to these people for smuggling them in. So You're starting to sound like Walter Block defending slavery. I don't, I don't know about this. Uh, hey, man, it's a, it's a slippery <laughs> slavery slope. It's an SSS. All right. So a smooth transition, talking about sex trafficking. Let's just move right and talk about pooping on the street. Excellent. I paid good money for that once. So the story, the backstory with this, we have a mutual friend, uh, the the founder of uh, the New American Media, Brian Engelman, who a couple of years ago, I don't remember when or how it came up, but he started talking about complaining about people pooping on his street in front of his house. <laughs> and uh, he blamed, I remember he blamed it partially on, what was that, Prop 47 in California? Yeah, he tried to decriminalize weed in small amounts of, uh, yeah. of, of harder drugs, which was a ridiculous thing to to blame him. Anyway, so so this happened. So when when this story, this story that I'm going to link to in the show notes page, it's actually from uh, January of 2018, so about a year old. But I, yeah, I think it's a it's an important conversation. I don't know if it's important, but it's an interesting conversation <laughs> to talk about. So in Denver, what they've done is they've decriminalized pooping on the street, and the reason they've done this is really to make it harder for illegal immigrants to be deported. So they can't just be deported because that the pooping on the street crime raised them to a level where they could get into the, uh, you know, whatever the, the court system is where they can be sent to ICE and then, you know, pushed out of the country. And I mean, it's, it's interesting in the state of Colorado, in the national parks there, you can get, I think, a felony if you destroy like rocks and things like that. <laughs> But instead of destroying the rock, if you just poop on the rock, you're fine. So maybe if you spray paint a rock, then just poop on it. and no, What no you problem. should do is just use brown spray paint, and then who's the wiser? It's <laughs> a good point. You're a brilliant man, Brian. So, but I think this is, a, this is interesting from a libertarian perspective. So if we break this down to, to property rights, if somebody is – maybe they're going on a jog, you know, they're out running, and you know, that's one of the reasons I don't – I don't jog out in the street. If I run, it's on a treadmill because it makes me poop half the time. And I don't want to end up pooping in the street. So if somebody's out on a jog, they have to poop and they you know, go behind a bush and they take a crap. Maybe it's on someone's property. Maybe it's in a park. Should that be a crime? Well, I, so I will say that I, I will fess up to having one time had horrible uh, troubles with my bowels leaving a party one time. And I had to drive into a neighborhood. I found, found a house with a fence that had two large bushes on either side. And I rocketed diarrhea all over this poor person's fence. And I did not clean it up because, you know, I just wiped my butt with a T-shirt and left. <laughs> so that was a violation of property rights very clearly there. Not cleanly, because like I said, it's white mass in a T-shirt, but very clearly violation of property rights. So that, I think, you know, it, it's a crime, but I think it should be a crime that has a very wide area of... Um, of ability for the judge to decide what that, you know, what the, uh, the sentencing should be or what the, uh, the reparation should be for that. It shouldn't be something where if you poop in a public park, it's a felony, or if you sh- 
dunk, take a dump on the street, it's a felony automatically or whatever. It should be a misdemeanor with a wide ability to say, okay, this is something where you shouldn't have done it, but understandable. You Everybody has emergencies. Go do some public service. Go clean it up. Go clean up a park. Up to if you're found that you're like the serial pooper, this woman that was jogging and serial pooping in people's yards. Maybe that's a little stricter penalty. Maybe you go to jail for 30 days or something like that. Not to be confused with the Syria pooper. That's an inside <laughs> joke from the Electric Liberty, Liberty Land that we did. Because <laughs> there's people like out the, there going around Syria just pooping everywhere. Just pooping. That's, that's, that's like the people who object to Trump pulling the troops out should that's be. That's, that's your option. Go and poop around Syria. <laughs> what about you, man? What do you think? I mean, from a private property perspective, I mean, outs- what's the damages? What are the damages done? You can make the person clean it up. If they won't clean it up, you can make them pay for getting it cleaned up. And I think that's about it. Uh, I think it gets dicey when you get into maybe somebody pooping in a park and there's got a tragedy of the commons issue and maybe children see this. And that's, I mean, that's the problem with these places like Denver. Or I think San Francisco has done it too, where they decriminalize pooping. You got homeless people pooping everywhere yeah. and you can't even go down south, downtown with your family because some homeless guy might poop on your shoe. Right. Yeah, that's something. That's why you can't simply say, "All right, it's legal to poop anywhere now." Because yeah, you've got pe- you, have, you have species of the street. I mean, there's a health issue at play too. If you decriminalize it, then what? There's nothing to stop people from just crapping everywhere. You have a major health issue on your hands. I mean, look at the like the Middle Ages. Look at how the the lifespan of the Middle Ages was like 35 because you're walking around in squalor and human feces all the time. Feces in the streets. So of course you can't you cannot legalize it for quality of living. It also like put these poor people, their property values going down. You know, talk about property rates. Somebody's crapping in front of your house every day. Good luck selling that house. Even if you want to get out of there, you cannot because people are pooping in your doorstep every day. You ain't selling that house. I want to tell you guys about a new podcast. Friend of the show, friend of Lions of Liberty, Rachel Kennerly. Uh, she has a, a new podcast that focuses on cannabis. She brings on, much like Felony Friday, where I bring on people to share their story about their experience in the criminal justice system, Rachel brings on people to share their stories about how they've used cannabis to heal themselves, how they've used medicinal cannabis to find healing. The show is called Cannabis Heals Me. And on the show so far, um, she's interviewed a couple who has a child with epilepsy, using the cannabis to, to treat the epilepsy, someone with a traumatic brain injury, a lupus survivor, and a woman who has a medical condition referred to as suicide disease. Uh, they publish one episode per week. You can find the episodes wherever you find podcasts, or you can check out the website at CannabisHealsMe.com. All right, let's get back to today's show. No, it's definitely going to hurt property values. I would love to talk about poop this entire episode, but we're going to move on. All right, moving on. But we're going to go through these next couple pretty fast since we are limited on time here. Um, so th- this next one, this is out of Nebraska, Cambridge, Nebraska. Didn't even know that was a place until I read this story. Nebraska? Me neither. So th- this, the story like this, this is always tough because, I mean, when you read it, when you see the headline – you're like, well, that, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Uh, but what happened here, so four teenage boys, they're facing felony charges for making a threat against their high school. And essentially essentially, what happened is they determined that the suspects had had conversations leading up to this about, uh, quote unquote, shooting up the school. And, you know, one conversation actually led to one of the, one of the three people involved 
asking another student about acting as a human shield during this uh, during this shooting, which I don't know why anybody who is planning to shoot up a school would ask someone to, to do that if they're trying to keep it a secret. So, it, you know, it kind of gets to the point when you look at this, it's just, is this just teenagers being teenagers and joking around about wildly inappropriate things? Or is this a situation where this was a serious threat to a school and these you know, teenagers should be charged with felony terroristic threats, which is going to lock them in prison for many years. I think it's uh, punishable for up to three years in prison. But you get that on your record. You get terroristic threats on your record. Your life is over, man. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know how you come back from that. Um, I, I don't know. It's fine line. What, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think without a doubt, it is not a felony. Uh, you know, like you said, how do you know if these kids are joking around or not? You know, going up to somebody like, hey, man, would you work act as a human shield if we're going to shoot the school up? That to me sounds like a very dark joke. I mean, I can see myself saying that to somebody. Just as a very, very dark joke. Now, I wouldn't do it. In fact, you made that joke about Ralphie May. Was that on this episode or was that ELL? It's all blending together now. That was Electric Liberty Land. Yeah, I made that joke about using Ralphie May and Patrice O'Neill as human shields. Now, not in a school shooting, though, but if I ever, if libertarians uh, or comedians are ever going to go into a battle scenario. But yeah, exactly. You go up to the fattest kid in school and you ask him to be a human shield. Uh, But yeah, I can see it being a joke. So to say that these kids get terroristic threats, which I didn't sound like they called anything into the school. It sounds like they, this is all through the grapevine. So who knows the context of it? And even if it is through the grapevine, they don't have any hardcore plans for it. There was no threats made. There's not like, you know, until somebody does something, this is like pre-crime, you know, like give Mm -hmm. me a break. You can't convict people and put this, like you're saying, this permanent record, ruin their lives over something where you have basically no evidence that they did it other than one web search hit. And some kids saying, well, we, you know, we overheard these guys talking about this thing. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't keep an eye on them. I'm not saying that you might not want to say, okay, we're going to make you go to take some psych evals. That's, that, I'm fine with that. As a school district, you that, go ahead. Go for it, man. But no, you don't put these kids on a felony terrorist list and send them to jail. Yeah, I, I could understand a school even expelling them. I could understand yeah. that. Especially if it's a private school, public school. If it's a private school, it's a little yeah. bit dicey. But if it's even, a private even school, even then though, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Even then though, you're still kind of ruining this kid's lives, even if you expel them for again for what for no you know nothing for lack of evidence. They'll be homeschooled. They'll probably learn more if they're homeschooled anyway. That's true. I think people are so quick when they hear anything like this, they don't even question. Well, maybe this was just a joke, but that was like the, the first place my mind went. Like it sounds like these kids were joking here. This yeah. sounds a little bit ridiculous. Now, this next one, so we're going to transition. I guess we're kind of playing Is It a Crime this whole time anyway, but this is for real. We're going to play the (laughs) fastest growing podcast game show. Is it a crime? Should they do time? Or do you think they learned their lesson from a hefty fine? And we're going to start out with another uh, charge here, another uh, story about school shooting. And this is actually involves mock videos of school shootings. This is younger kids here. I think the kids involved in this were 10, yeah, 10, 14, and 15. And this is in New York, Albany, New York. They are also facing felony terroristic threat charges. So it's going around. It's going around now. And what happened here, these kids posted on Instagram with a fake gun at one of their homes uh, coming in and pretending to shoot 
the other kids. And, you know, there were some, some things said that are, are not good. There were some, you know, r- racial slurs and things like that that were said. And, you know, sh- shooting the kids and the, you know, the, the, a girl in it and a guy in a, and another, another uh, boy in it pretending to, you know, wither around on the floor. And so some graphic stuff in, in, in that respect. And obviously stuff as a parent, you don't want your kids doing on Instagram. You know, it's terrible social, social media management of your brand. Come on, parents, <laughs> teach your kids to manage their brand better. It's terrible. You're not getting a revenue stream out of that kids. Well, maybe you would. I don't know. Definitely not. Definitely not. You're going to ruin, you're going to ruin their revenue streams. <laughs> but it's, so this is the same thing. But a little bit different with the video. Younger kids still facing those terroristic threat charges. Is it a crime? And should they do time? It's absolutely not a crime. These were not threats made at any specific school or any specific people. These were simply kids being stupid. And again, even if they have some issues, you see it online as a parent. You see it online as an administrator, whatever else it is. You make a recommendation that the kids get some psychological help or evaluations to see if they are actually planning on doing anything to me, it sounds like another instance of dumb kids making a dumb video that they thought would be funny or fun and got blown out of proportion. So no, not a crime. Shouldn't do time. It's ridiculous that this has even happened. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of uh, a little bit like how the FBI operates with terrorists, how I'm not saying these kids were set up, but they'll they, sort of use like packages of toy guns and, uh, and, <laughs> and flashcards with racist terms on them. Here, join Instagram. Join Instagram. Make a video of yourself shooting. It. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm not saying it was set up by the FBI or anything like that, but you know the FBI sets up a patsy and then they say, yeah. oh, we caught them. We stopped yeah. a school shooting. It's sort of like that. It's like these schools, instead of you know ramping up security or you know allowing teachers to carry guns, they are using this to say they're protecting students. Right. right. By just going out and ruining more kids' lives. Yeah, exactly. But also, let's like, talk about you know everything. If, if some if some uh, shooting happens, they blame it on video games or whatever else. And, you know, but this shit. Oops. Ah, you can say shit. All right. Good. So anyway, this this happens. Where are the people saying, hey, you know, maybe we should stop talking about all these school shootings on every news program constantly because this is this is kids imitating what they're seeing. You know, they're imitating what they're hearing about constantly. You didn't have people talking about school shootings all the time. You didn't have kids acting out school shootings but of course now you're not allowed to play go- you know cops and robbers you're not allowed to play indians and cowboys anymore so i guess this is what kids do now when they're playing is they play school shooter and school shooter victim this is the new cowboys and indians guys welcome to 2019 there were some i forget who it was there was some big time celebrity it was kevin hart yeah kevin hart's been in the news a lot recently yeah kevin hart had a uh, a party birthday party for his like two-year-old kid and it was a Cowboys Indian theme. Do you see this? No. Well, oh, it was God. Like, it was like right before the uh, the other fiasco. How did that go over? <laughs> it did not go over well. But which is ridiculous. <laughs> Even all I mean, the Cowboys it's... were black. The Indians. They probably made the white kids be the Indians. <laughs> probably. I didn't look at the pictures that closely. He's black. Nobody wants to be. It was, the a, it was an innocent birthday party, and you know, saying, you know, my son Tommy enjoyed his Cowboys Indians theme party. Nope. You're a huge <laughs> racist, Kevin Hart. Why do you hate everybody? <laughs> Ah, anyway, moving on. So this next story is is pretty weird, and I'm not even sure if I understand really what's going on here, but it's out of Detroit, so that makes sense. It involves the mayor of Detroit. So what happened here is a uh, one of the citizens of Detroit, Robert Carmack, apparently was getting, I don't know if he'd already been threatened or been notified that there were going to be charges pressed against him. 
based on a land deal that he made where he made a bunch of money. But what he did is this Robert Carmack guy paid a private investigator to follow around the mayor of Detroit and found evidence of the mayor of Detroit cheating on his wife and then (laughs) called a press conference and drove in with a bit a big screen and showed the evidence to everybody <laughs> that was there. And I guess I guess they're saying that he was doing this to try to stop the mayor from charging him, which the mayor did a couple of days later, came out and uh this guy's facing counts of publishing or what uh, obtaining money under false pretenses. So they're saying he forged documents in order to acquire land, which he sold for like a million dollars. I don't even know how that would work. It happened like 10 years ago or something. So sounds like there's like a huge backstory here, but it's just, Hilarious! How this it, is it is hilarious. What? So, which is the crime? Which is the? T- what are we talking about? Should he do time for? Well, well let's take the- it piece by piece. So, when I first read this, I thought that it was like like blackmail that they were that the mayor was going right. after this guy because of the of the him hiring the private investigator to show to expose his cheating. But it looks like it was like a back and forth thing. So I'm not even sure. Are, are there any crimes here? I, I guess we have to know more about the land deal. So excluding the land deal, since we have no idea what happened there. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's any crime to me other than the land. I mean, you could. I guess you could say exposing, you know, it's kind of like the revenge porn. That's a law, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess it could be revenge porn. Uh, so that would be a crime. And I appreciate that because I, I you know revenge porn is one of the a truly horrible thing. I, I can't. I can't say I'm for most laws being creative, and maybe I'd prefer to have that settled out in a private court. But you know, posting people's private videos that you happen to have in your possession without their permission is pretty uh, heinous. So I guess that could be a crime. But at the same time, it is very funny. Uh, also, I don't understand how private investigators are legal. I don't understand how it's a legal profession. You know, once Why? you have that, isn't that called stalking? Isn't it just paid stalking? That's a good question. Um, I mean, well, is stalking, is it illegal just to stalk someone? I guess. I think it's illegal. I mean, mean, it's it's illegal, like to. But you can't do, maybe you can't do it like in, you could get a restraining order against somebody, but I don't know if you can actually put them in jail for stalking. I know you can't, I mean, you can't like wait outside somebody's window and look in their window and stuff like that. But but that's what private investigators are doing. (laughs) I guess it is. How did you get this footage of the guy cheating? He's got to be looking through a window. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the footage, but that's that's a good question. But it's definitely a very legal trade. Uh, people yeah. people use them all the time. Yeah, I know. Um, there must be a fine line of what they can and can't do that they just understand how to toe that line. I don't yeah. know. I should have a private like investigator on. That's a good idea. Yeah, should, oh, my God. You, I would love it if you got a – you should really have a private dick on. That would be great. A private dick? Yeah, as they call them, private dick. Got to hire a private dick. What? Why? What's? What's the reason for that? Any idea? I yeah, I have no idea, man. Dick, the first probably, private probably investigator Dick, was named Richard. I'm thinking maybe like Dick Tracy, and they were like, "Oh, we'll get a private Dick Tracy. Go to private Dick." Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring a I'll bring a private Dick on, and he'll Dick. expose he'll expose everything. You should get a private Dick on and a bounty hunter because they're both trades that really toe the line between legality and illegality. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, is Dog the bounty hunter still alive? See, yeah, he's still alive. He's super Christian, I think. Did he? Did he get in big trouble for some reason? Wasn't he? uh, I think maybe tax evasion. Tax evasion. Like every celebrity, I think you always get trouble for tax evasion. Wesley Snipes, poor guy. (laughs) Yeah, poor Wesley. But yeah, I don't know, man. Is it a crime? Should he do time? I have no idea. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, like when I first read it, I, get, I I put it in here, but I thought maybe it doesn't fit in the is it a crime category, but everything fits in that category, really. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm just confused by the whole thing. I think it's fascinating how it's played out, <laughs> and it's involving the mayor of Detroit just makes it hilarious. But. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> All right, last last one we have here for the day, and this is a man facing felony charges after mistaking an undercover cop who was on his porch for somebody stealing packages from his house. This is in Indiana, and the guy comes up to his house, pulls in his driveway, sees a suspicious-looking man on his porch, pulls his car to block the vehicle that was in the driveway, and walks up, shouting at the guy on his porch, holding his hand over a pistol on his hip. And the guy on his porch turned out to be an undercover cop, so the affidavit says that's been submitted by the police says that the officer at when when the guy approached the officer claims that he flicked the lights onto his car and you know told him he was an officer and that he was um, investigating uh, something going on in the street but the wife disputes that claim says none of that happened and he did not do that until the backup showed up and uh really it's a it's a he should he said, she said. So, I mean, and another interesting part of this, the court records have said that the police told this guy that he was not allowed legal, legally to stop and detain someone on his porch that he viewed suspiciously, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's that. Um, be- this guy's facing a freaking felony. This is insanity. So yeah. what are your thoughts on this? Is there any crime here in, in any aspect of this of this case? Yeah, the crime is is by the cop who's uh not, you know, he's under, undercover, plain clothes, whatever it is. They, he's trespassing on this guy's private property without announcing the fact that he's a police officer. And whatever, the guy's perfectly within his rights to block him. And he thinks he's guy's stealing stuff from his house. He's on his private property. The guy's lucky that the cop lucky he didn't get shot. He's on this guy's property. And I and I also 100% believe the wife when she says that the cop never announced himself, never flashes. Mm-hmm. Like, number one, if the guy walks up with his hand on his pistol, this guy that's blocking the cop in, the, how's the cop going to go flash his lights? What does he have it on a clicker? I don't believe the police have the, the technology to turn on their lights and make them flash around by a clicker in their pocket. And meanwhile, if the guy has a gun drawn on him, this guy, unless he's a complete idiot, isn't going to let him reach into his pocket to pull out anything else because he could pull out a weapon. So the wife's story completely holds up here. And there's no way in hell this guy should be facing a felony for basically protecting his own house and property. It's completely absurd. Why wouldn't the police officer just say, I'm a cop? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm a co- I mean, and even, a, he, but then again, he's plain clothes. I wouldn't believe him even if he said he was a cop. I keep my gun on him and say, okay, if you're a cop, then let me see your badge very yeah. slowly. Get, you know, if you're, if that's your cop car, get in and call for backup and then we'll resolve it from here. And then the cop, if he wasn't a complete douche nozzle, would have said, okay, I'll call for backup. I'll show you who I am. Here's my ID, blah, blah, blah. And then when the police arrive, say, everybody stand down. There's been a misunderstanding. Everybody goes their separate ways. The fact that this man's facing any charges just shows you how utterly corrupt and how egotistical and egomaniacal police departments are. And vindictive. They're vindictive pieces of garbage. And and really, a guy like this, a responsible gun owner, somebody who's patrolling his own house, keeping his Mm. own property safe... They should want people like this. This yeah. is people that you want in your under your uh, patrol. Yeah, make but. your job easier. Keep your community safe. This cops, you know, if something goes down, this guy's probably got your back. He wouldn't just be yeah. there like pointing and laughing like me. 
Yeah, this guy sounds like a law and order type guy, but uh, not anymore. Now he's yeah. going to be a libertarian. And he's going to come on <laughs> Felony Friday. Excellent. And, uh, Get him, man. <laughs> but uh, so that's all we have for today. We're going to take a real quick commercial break, then we'll come back and wrap up. Do you want a libertarian message in your inbox every single day for the next year? Do you want philosophical ammo for your next Facebook debate, inspiration for those days when freedom feels out of reach, or just a jump-off point for teaching liberty through music? Nikki P. from the Sounds of Liberty podcast has joined up with friends Luke Tatum of the Culture of Peace podcast and Sherry Voluntary. They've compiled a list of 365 Liberty-themed songs. They've done the legwork. They've pontificated on some of the greatest messages music has to offer the Liberty movement. Every day for the next year, you'll get a new song with historical details, lyrical highlights, links, and libertarian analysis to dazzle and educate. So in order to get in this program, you got to join by December 31st. And you're going to do that by going to Sounds Like Liberty Podcast. Dot com slash 365. And we're back. Hopefully you enjoyed that commercial break there, which uh, from our good friend, friend of the show, Nikki P from the Sounds of Liberty podcast, which the product he's advertised is one that I am uh, signed up for myself, the 365 days of, uh, of music and uh, libertarian messaging about music. So looking forward to hearing that in the new year. So check that out. Personal endorsement from me. And me. Nikki P. Nikki P. That's his brand. Speaking of brands, that's that's his brand. I like it. Nikki P. The Libertarian. So so Brian, with uh, this being your last time on the podcast, no, actually, you'll be on last one more time. time. What are you going to kill me off? <laughs> I was going to say in 2018. No, I guess the New Year's show is in 2019. So I guess this is your last time on. Yeah. But uh, any any party words for the uh, the Libertarian people out there? Yeah, man. Uh, my parting words are keep listening to the show. I, Mark and I both often say this is the most important podcast on our variety show, the OG Libertarian Variety Show, because lots of these whippersnappers are starting their own podcast now, pretending to have variety podcasts, but we are the original. But anyway, most important show on it. Uh, as we're seeing, the, the wheels are moving more quickly in the direction of justice reform as far as libertarians are concerned than any other issue that I can see personally that we care about. So uh, it's a very exciting time for liberty in regards to justice. 100% agreed. And uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for the support throughout all of 2018. And uh, we got big things, big things coming in 2019. So from myself, from Brian McWilliams, this is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up. And the fire is the liberty burning.